You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps, retired standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. was Antonio Gramsci, a prominent Italian communist who promoted the idea of carrying out, quote, the long march through the institutions. He found that it's difficult to incite people with faith to initiate a revolution to overthrow a legitimate government. And so in order to bring about a revolution, communists rely on a large number of foot soldiers who share their dark vision of morality, faith, and traditions. The revolution of the proletariat, then, must begin with the subversion of religion, morality, and civilization. After the failure of the street revolutions in the 1960s, the rebels began entering academia. They obtained degrees, became scholars, professors, government officials, and journalists, and entered the mainstream of society to carry out the long march through the institutions. Thus, they infiltrated and corrupted the institutions that are crucial for the maintenance of the morality of Western society. This includes the church, the government, the education system, the legislative and judicial bodies, the art world, the media, and NGOs. Have you ever had a time in your life where there's so much going on that you're out of control? out of control as it relates to controlling your life in general. Well, that's what happened to me about three weeks ago. I spent half my life living in cities, absolutely miserable. Now I live out in the middle of nowhere, in the country, and I'm happy, but yet I had this tremendous issue with everything just kind of crashing in. I think it's because I'm so used to this fast pace of the cities that I haven't gone back to my roots of a slow country life. And that's what I'm doing now. I've made up my mind that I can go on the internet, I can research things, but now I can handle it. I can say... This is what is happening to them. It's not happening to me or the people in my community yet, hopefully never. But this is what's happening in the world. And, and I just needed time to absorb all of that and say I can talk about it. I can live my life. Just don't be consumed by it. Listen to it. Pay attention to it, understand it, get knowledge with what's going on, but don't let it overwhelm you, which is what has happened to me over the last three weeks.
So we're going to talk about God's church in America specifically, but across the globe, that is now being infiltrated by communism. And communism is the specter, the devil himself, raising this way of life where you have this massive government in charge of everyone. And the vast majority of these people are no longer free. They cannot determine their lives, which is what I can do and which you can do. Well, today we can. Future, I don't know. So let's talk about this specter. In the opening, you heard about the specter of communism. The Epic Times has a wonderful series of videos to explain to you the truth about communism and how it is taking over the globe. Yeah, the New World Order, call it whatever you want to call it, but it's actual communism. So the Communist Manifesto, for those that you don't know, this is a document that was created back in the early, late 1800s by Karl Marx, of course. says that the Communist destroys all religion and all morality. That's... That's pretty much all I need to say about it. It says to destroy all religion and morality. We make the mistake of negotiating with these socialists, you know, these people that are claiming to be so socialists and, you know, kind of have a compromise because that's how... The government in America was established to compromise, to find out something or to pass something that's beneficial to Americans. Just on the basis of economics, that's what communism is. Economics, you know, poor, rich, in between. When in reality, it's about the metaphysics, or the ontology, which is the branch of metaphysics, dealing with the nature of being. It is about attacking and destroying our values, our culture, our ideas, and the foundation of our society. Now, why do they have to do that? Because the elitists, the people that tell us that we are the deplorables, they have to have a system of control over your life. So you cannot advance any kind of ideology to overtake them. But the good news is, God is 
the ideology that every human being is supposed to, supposed to, adhere to. We're going to talk about how this devil communist ideology is coming into the church. Marxism, an American Christian perspective. So this is from go.gale.com. Karl Marx formed a departure point for a long descent in his relationship between uh, Christianity and the revolution tradition that he founded. Karl Marx originally grew up as a Christian. He's not a Christian. We know that, but he grew up in that environment. By the time Marx came into his own, with the critique of Hegel's theory of right, he already recognized the ideology content of organized religion and its role in the class struggle. We'll talk about classes. But America and Western society in general, it's a little bit different because Marxism doesn't work in a democracy environment. It only works when people are willing to subjugate themselves to the state. But he also recognized as the heart of the heartless world. And Marxists, and especially Frederick Engels, were to play a tribute to the revolution thread within the Christian tradition. So they knew back in the 1800s the power of Christianity across the globe. There's no way that their ideology could play unless we can destroy Christianity. For Marx, Christianity was an illusionary product of a suffering world. The mental projection of alienated consciousness. So he's saying that a Christian purposely gets disconnected from the world and they're alienated from the world. Thank you, Jesus. Of course we are. We are of the world, but we are not in it. And even this idiot realized that. Once classless society arose and real human history began, according to Marxists, the Enlightenment, go check it out, Christianity was expected to weather away like any other type of institution. But it didn't. You know, you had these enlightenment, these people in the 1800s and the 1900s and science and the world and uh, all the things are related to atoms, to the material, explaining all that. See, that was supposed to take control of the world. But it didn't. Thank God it did not. But what it did cause or reiterates 
what the Bible tells us is happening in this world. This is from 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God, and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. This was written 2,000 years ago. So, Karl Marx has decided, back in the 1800s, he doesn't want to be a, a Christian. He doesn't want to be of the world and glorify the God that created him. He wants to be in the world. And that's how simple it is. So, Marxism or Marx, is what I call a sheep's clothing trying to, again, trying to use Christianity to approach or bring in people of the world into this ideology, especially in the Western culture. Because back in the day in the 40s when China became communism, they virtually had no Christianity. So it was very easy to separate the classes, the farmers from the production people, from the rich people, from the poor people, and then you can use that class relationship. Same thing in Russia even though Russia had a, a, a lot more Christianity than China did back in the day. But they eventually turned in the revolution of 1913 with, as you know, the ridiculous leader called Stalin. See, false teaching has entered the church our church, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, masquerading as social justice, but bearing sharp teeth of division concealed behind these puckered lips. The wolf is intended to fear the church apart, ripping and pulling whatever it can. It feels especially vulnerable Wherever worldly culture has Christians thinking wrongly, 
See, here's the thing. If you're a Christian and you know God and, and you are connected with the God that you created, no one can and or ever take you from God. But if you go to a church and you're entertained by some fancy singing or, or fancy show or whatever, you, you are not connected with God. You're connected with that, quote, church. So those sensitive places will open up deadly wounds and sharpen divides in the church unless someone kicks the teeth out of the wolf. That's the truth. Jesus did it. The disciples did it. You remember when he sent the disciples out and said, go into these homes, talk about the good news, preach to them the good news. And if they don't accept it, wipe the sand from your sandals and leave that place. So Marxism at the root is an attempt to divide the world between oppressed and oppressor. And, of course, you know, the elites are not oppressed. And it's very simple for them to be oppressors, especially when they take your liberty away from you. By God's grace, America defeated Marxism in the last century. In Vietnam, in World War I, World War II, Korea... But Marxism never truly went away. It just stopped trying to overthrow our government from the outside. So if you can't do it from the outside, then you have to do it from the inside. So now Marxism works its way into America culture to accomplish this called cultural Marxism. I'm going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about cultural Marxism in America, vice class Marxism, which is the standard that has been established by Marxism in the past, but it doesn't work in America. Stay tuned. Do not go away. This is the gunny will be Right back. Just walked down the street to the coffee shop. Had to take a break. I'd been by her side for 18 hours straight. Saw a flower growing in the middle of the sidewalk. Pushing up through the concrete. Like it was planted right there for me to see The flashing lights, the honking horns all seemed to fade away And the shadow of that hospital at 508 I saw God today I've been to church, I've read the book I know he's here but I as often as I should Yeah, I know I should 
His fingerprints are everywhere I just slowed down to stop and stare Open my eyes and man I swear I saw God today Saw a couple walking by They were holding hands Man, she had that glow yeah, I couldn't help but notice she was starting to show Stood there for a minute taking in the sky Lost in that sunset A splash of amber melted into shades of red I've been to church, I've read the book I know he's here but I don't look near as often now I should, yeah, I know I should His fingerprints are everywhere I just slowed down to stop and stare Open my eyes and man, I swear I saw God today Got my face pressed up against the nursery glass She's sleeping like a rock My name on her wrist Wearing tiny pink socks She's got my nose She's got her mama's eyes My brand new baby girl She's a miracle I saw God today We are back and talking about cultural Marxism compared to the classic called class Marxism. So what is cultural Marxism? Because the standard that was established by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels is not working in America has not for a hundred years. But now they realize that we have to divide the culture of America. See, America is not, you know, just established one-way culture like the Muslim countries or like the Japanese or like China. See, we have a mixture of, of many people in this culture of America. These are the people that want to be free, but they can still be in the culture that they want to be in. In other countries, you can't do that. Now, America, when you bring in people, they should assimilate to America, which is true, and how our values and family, all those things relate. And if they can't, they should not be here. If they're drug dealers or cartel or criminals, they should have never been able to come in this country. 
another discussion. So Christianity, Marxism, and the renewal of social bonds. This is from ChristianSocialism.com. So this is how they're reaching into the culture through this Christianity influence as a Christian who is also a Marxist. How in God's name that anyone can state that sentence. It's absolutely impossible to say you're a Christian and a Marxist in the conversation. See, I think it's important to attend to the fraying bonds studied by Putnam. For Christians, a lack of community is a ethical problem. And that's true. You know, Christians want to bring us together in our community and show the light of God, show what Jesus has done for everyone. And today, that's a problem because of the culture. It's not ethnical, per se. It's a cultural problem. Because in order to love our neighbors, as Jesus commanded, we must have some neighbors to love. Are, are, are you kidding me? This is what he's talking about. Neighbors to love. How do we love our neighbors when we literally don't know each other? The only reason you don't know each other is because you don't go to church. You don't seek out the God that created you. Now, you may know your neighbor, but unless you go to church, you don't know God. Therefore, you don't know your neighbor. Marxists have a similar problem. This is what they're saying in America. See, they have the same problem. Their goal is to overcome the economic alienation that separates us from our neighbors. But see, Jesus cares about your heart, your love for eternity, your love for what he has done for you got nothing to do with economics. You can be poor, rich, in between. If your heart is right with God, although we suffer in this world, we're not of it, but we're in it, although we suffer in this world, eventually that suffering will be gone for eternity. So what is going on in the church? How are these people influencing these Marxist ideas and spreading this cultural Marxism to accept everyone as they are in the church? Great example. I'm going to play a clip from a German pastor Yes, a Protestant pastor 
Jetzt ist die Zeit zu sagen, wir sind alle die letzte Generation. Jetzt ist die Zeit zu sagen, Black Lives Always Matter. Jetzt ist die Zeit zu sagen, Gott ist queer. This heretical person, not a pastor, not a minister, take it however you want to. This is heresy against the God that created the world. The Bible does not defend anything this person is saying. However, it's not just in the Protestant world. It is also in the Catholic world. A German bishop voted in favor of blessing same-sex unions in the Catholic Church. This was again in Germany. A meeting between Germans, Catholic bishops, and a lay representative agreed to call for the church to approve blessings of same-sex unions. A majority, 176 out of 202 participants, voted in favor of same-sex blessings starting in March of 2026. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine what's going on? Now, I've always heard and agreed to a certain extent. Once it happens in Europe, Europe being France, Germany, Italy, England, then it's going to happen here. But see, it's already happening here. We already have LGBT churches in America. Absolutely insane and not whatsoever part of God's church. Very, very simple. God created man in his image. Man and woman did he create them. Don't need to say any more after that. So now you're talking about, okay, is it happening in America? Yep. Nashville, first queer female Lutheran pastor tells the LGBTQ faith, God has not let go of you. I agree with that. It's a great statement. He will not, God and Jesus will not ever let go of you. However, to get in the kingdom of God, you must repent of your sins and accept what Christ did for you. So this person called Dawn Bennett, a female ordained pastor, wrong, in the conversation, the Bible says that, who graduated from the Vanderbilt University Divinity School, is someone who quotes the Bible in casual conversation. Casual conversation? 
It's the Word of God. It's not casual conversation. It's the Word of the Holy God that created everyone. She also says she's not religious. Okay, I'm not religious either, so I agree with that. Religion is made by humanity. I don't think God needs religion one bit. But she said instead, she says a person of faith. That's what she is. To be a person of faith, she said, is to believe I was created from love. That is the issue. No, no. I'm sorry. You were created from the holy God that has the ability to bring you into eternity or destroy you in a second. Got nothing to do with the love of the world. God's love of us is not the love of the world. And the only way you will ever realize that is to read the Holy Scriptures. Put that in your heart, and you'll understand what I just said. When you truly become a Christian, you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, which means you're going to change your life, and you're going to focus on Christ. You're going to focus on God. You're going to understand that you're under the love of God, not the world. Every day will be convicted of your sin. If you are under the love of God, you will know because you do not want to sin. And when you do, you'll know it. And he's going to help you to correct your ways. Your eyes will be opened and you will know the truth of God. That is the reality of the God that created you. He wants you to come to him to rely on him always and forever. He will take care of you in this world and in the next. So last but not least, I'm going to give you another Bible quote from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Let me know if you cannot relate to this. Because if you can't, then you don't understand what Timothy said 2,000 years ago is happening and going to happen in the church. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. It's really simple. God loves you, and he is asking you through his son, Jesus Christ, that has washed away your sins to love him and not yourself. That's what it's all about. I'm going to leave you with Paul Harvey again. If I were the devil, then what would the devil do today? This is 1965. It applies today. This is the gunny. Share the podcast far and wide. I'll be back with you together to fight this evil of communism in our country. This is the gunny out. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious and what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct, 
I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day.